Lady, the problem isn't in my pants. Bexman. I liked it. It was more like a giggle. Oh, this is after he gets revived? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, give me that virgin mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to this <laughs> I'm Tony. I'm Justin. I'm Devin. And today we're going to be going over uh, Jason Aaron's schism storyline. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Yeah. I was a little disappointed when I realized, oh, Jason Aaron wrote this. You Why, though? A little bit. What's wrong with Jason Aaron? I like Jason Aaron. That's why I was a little disappointed, considering... Did you you like the storyline? There are tones that I dislike that are in it. There's a couple things, yeah. Yeah. I think he did a really good job of balancing the dialogue between Cyclops and Wolverine and making them look like they each have a good point. I think he tried. Yeah, he tried. I think Marvel was like, this is what we're going to do. Figure out how to make it good. And it's like... How do you do that without making characters hypocritical and making things that currently happened, like the prelude to this fucking event, completely pointless? I feel like that's just, um, like, the guy who did the preludes asked Jason Aaron, he's like, hey, so what happens in your book? I'm like, ah, Sentinel, like, tries to destroy Utopia. And he's like, I got so many ideas for that. And he's like, there's a, a lot more you should probably know. He's like, nah, I'm good. Like... <laughs> I already have those ideas, and I don't have to want to think of new ideas. Or maybe Marvel had like just a broad, like, this is what the event's going to be. You write the prelude to it, and then you write the event, and then they didn't talk to each other. Possibly. This, I mean, this story came out at a point where Marvel was not communicating with each other. No, very and clear. look at any of the artists. Yeah. On it, like, on all, like, the prelude and the actual book. Like, it is such a mix of, like, cool shit and terrible shit. There was one guy who couldn't draw Cyclops' visor in any sort of, like, continuity. In the prelude? Uh, no. Um, you know, actually, I think it's Regenesis. But oh, still, okay, yeah. like, it was so bad. I felt like prelude was a money grab, basically. Because you didn't need to read it at all. Yeah, I, I feel that way with most preludes is that... You're just trying to get a little bit of money, more, uh, like more money out yeah, of it. Yeah, but it's flavor text, and it was still interesting. I thought you were going to say Flavor Town. <laughs> well, it, I thought you were going to say Flavor Like a cool. call back to what we did before, but like, yeah, Christmas apropos episode. of nothing, and, and yeah. not. Yeah. No, for no reason. Uh, Everything's Flavor Town. The story of Flavor Town. Check out our Christmas episode. Once upon a Flavor Town. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of kids get there by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and other stuff happens. And Guy Fieri gets laid. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one said he got laid. He just went there. Uh, listen to the episode. Right? The one guy in all of. <laughs> Let's just redo that. Episode right <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny? Like the one guy of the entire place who doesn't get laid is Guy Fieri. I could easily see that happening. <laughs> He's too busy exploring these dive-in, uh, drive-ins, diners, and dri- dives. Have you seen him without? Uh, his crazy hair and uh, facial hair, like like the waggy. I assume like, your eyes burn, like if you looked at the Ark of the Covenant. No, he looks kind of like um, uh, what was the, the guy singer from Smash Mouth? <laughs> no, he looks kind of like uh, the guy who was Undertaker's manager. Paul Heyman. <laughs> Paul Heyman. No, no, Paul, no, no, no. Paul, Paul no, Bearer. Paul Bearer. Paul oh. Heyman is. Uh, yeah, Paul Bearer. What's his face? Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I thought Paul Heyman. I was like, no, no, not that guy. That guy's the one who 
won't shave his ponytail. <laughs> yeah. Did he manage somebody else? He's managed him? a lot of people. He, he's basically known for, like, if somebody's not getting over or, like, if you're a giant dude who can't speak for shit, they get Paul Heyman. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. he's the most charismatic, chubby little man, like, to Do ever be speaking. involved with wrestling. He is the best speaker. Makes sense. Brock Lesnar's not the best when it comes to that speaking. What are you doing over there? Literally nothing. My phone just happened to touch that thing. And don't touch that all thing. All hell with it. Yeah, don't touch it. So it's, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't. My phone did. So, bad phone. You were touching your phone by proxy. It's not important. You want to get into the <laughs> the review? Of- uh, all right. So, the prelude to Preludes. Schism. Uh, not the prologue. Prologue. <laughs> you. What did you? Call I was trying it? to type prologue, Cause you, but my phone auto corrected to prolong. That's like why. And I wasn't even paying. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So Devin messaged us, and he's like, "Hey, you guys should read the prologue." Yeah. And uh, Justin's like, "Do you mean the prelude?" And I'm like, "Or the prologue." Yeah. That's oh. that's what I said. Yeah. Well, either of those things. Yeah, <laughs> They're prologue. synonymous. Not synonymous with prolong. <laughs> So, uh, it gives you four different perspectives of a similar event. Basically, the X-Men are just, like, waiting for a big thing to happen. Like, you know, and it's vague what's going on. It really would have uh, made more sense, like, as a prelude to Second Coming, considering what they faced then. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would, And uh, apparently that was only two months before this. So, they have not been on Utopia long at all. With that look luck. around and stuff, and all the Generation Hope stuff that that's all contained within two months. Basically, uh, Scott's looking out of a window, and I'm going to do this in chronological order to the story because the story like flips it around a bit because they give you Xavier's perspective first, then Magneto's, then Cyclops and Wolverine. But really, like Scott's already talking to Magneto, so which is why I thought it was pointless because you hear the same dialogue said multiple times in the same yeah. panels, and it's like. Really? It would have been a cool thing if it were one issue, like yeah, one, one fat issue yeah, I agree. with all these perspectives. Like, that would have been cool. And then, like, you know, you just paid a couple bucks more for all the extra pages. But even to, then, it still wouldn't make sense. No, no, it wouldn't make sense. But self contained, it's a cool little thing. But you wouldn't have need, because there was some extra stuff. You get, like, Magneto's backstory, don't you, in there? And it's like, yeah, you get. Which is cool, but it has nothing to do with this. Oh, what? Well, it's what his father's doing, story. What was he doing before the X Men? Oh, it was talking he about was his never dad. heard anything from Marvel, and, like, you know. It was comparing his dad to Cyclops. Kinda, because Cyclops is a good Jew. Yeah. That was a really weird way to end it. Like, <laughs> like, okay. Like, because it was just, it was weird. Like, Scott's looking out the window, and there's a reflection, but the reflection isn't Scott's reflection. It's uh, Magneto's dad, and, it like, in his full army getup, because Magneto's dad was a soldier in the First World War. And it was, like, because he goes over how bizarre the shift was that his father was this patriot who was a hero to his country and then becomes a villain out of nowhere because the country's perception shifted, you know, to evilness. So at the very end, you see a reflection of, of Magneto's father facing Scott, and it says his name, a good Jew. And a hero of Germany. And it was like just such a weird thing. It's like, so Magneto's calling Scott a good Jew and a hero of Germany? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird because like, like, I can't thank you, but my dad will, even though he's dead, so he can't either. <laughs> but, yeah, but that, I, 
I understand that sentiment because Magneto knows he's a piece of shit. It's yeah. weird to look at uh, somebody who, at this time, I, I would have to assume his late twenties, early thirties, and the other characters like in their sixties, and you're like, you remind me of my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny, uh, but in terms of like morality and stuff, like that was cool. Like, so anyway, that's basically what's going on is Scott's trying to figure out what they're gonna do because they're facing insurmountable odds of some monstrous thing that's going to attack Utopia, and they're on the brink, but they're so vague. And it, that, that's how I know Marvel didn't tell whoever was writing this, because I don't have the name off the top of my head. Jenkins. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Looking through that. Jenkins. <laughs> Paul Again, Jenkins. We, we covered this before. He looks at stuff. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't just know this. I did not just know that. Some I do though. Give me a little yeah. credit here. Uh, <laughs> Paul Jenkins. That sound, I did not. That know. sounds like a wrestling manager. No, is that the guy who made Century? I might be wrong. Who made Century? Yeah. No, bro. That was Stan Lee in the sixties. <laughs> you <laughs> shut your mouth. That's not true at all. Stan Lee made everything himself, and in the sixties. Uh, but anyway, so Scott's looking out the window onto the ocean. And, <laughs> and he's trying to uh, figure out what's going to happen. And Magneto goes up to him and he asks Magneto for advice. Uh, like, out of everything, because he was raised by Xavier, he knows that perspective of things. But he wants to know what uh, Magneto feels he should do for so, the balance of perspective. Uh, real quick to go back to what I, what I was saying. Uh, yes, he is the guy who created Century. Oh, really? And also, he looks like uh, like Billy Idol. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to post a picture of Paul Jenkins. That's dope. He Facebook created. A, oh yeah, because he wrote the first series, the Century, right? Yeah, he wrote the first series, and he also that was a good has, book. He's known for his uh, Inhumans run. So yeah, he does good stuff. So it must have just been there. And what smoking two cigarettes at the same time? Yeah. Badass, yeah. right? Yeah. And, Let's see you try that. One of those I are catnip. Really won't. <laughs> Although they're lights, so can't give them that much credit. It's like that thing from uh, Hey Arnold where the kid buys like all that the half calorie yeah. ice cream, but he buys twice as much. Yeah, <laughs> the, the fat kid. There was some good dialogue in here though, like uh, when Magneto was fighting Cyclops. Yeah. Like, oh, I love that part. <laughs> yeah. He's like, the truth is that this was my first glimpse into a very different future from the one I had intended. The first time I looked into those eyes of yours, I'm not ashamed to admit that it was me who blinked first. Yeah, which also, obviously, because you have an optic blast coming at you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, if he blinked, it would have stopped. It, it makes me think of, like, the same thing I think of when, you, uh, when you're when you playing Pokemon and you do um, uh, Hydro... Oh, fuck, I forget what it's called. But pump? Hydro, yeah, Hydro Pump. Uh, in the new games, there's, like, a delay on it. Oh. So, like, it'll show uh, your Pokemon or whoever's doing it shoot the water... And, like, you'll see the Pokemon that's about to get hit, like, two seconds before, like, they should start showing it. So there's, like, a slow, like, is it going to hit them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that, that was cool. And I like that they retconned, too, because in the first issue of X-Men, when they fight, like, Magneto's like, this shit. Like, he doesn't care about the optic blast. But in that uh, internal monologue, that he's having while he's standing next to Scott. He's like, 
I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, <laughs> Like, I was not ready for that giant optic blast. That was dope. <laughs> Some of this dialogue was funny, though. He's like, so I'm going to kill you to teach you a lesson. Like, I'm sure you'll learn a lot from that. Yeah. You learn how to be dead. Yeah, he'll probably write that down and make sure he doesn't make that mistake again. What's the saying? That which kills me makes me smarter. Yeah. That's the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 You know not to die that way again. Yeah. You get reincarnated. And then it's well, I guess, yeah, now that does work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Cyclops knows now, don't get shot in the face. Yeah. <laughs> they all learn so much Xavier, too, don't get shot in the face. Now everybody's basically Wolverine, though, and they can just launch themselves at any problem. Yeah. By the way, right now, we're, we just happen to be talking about what Hickman's currently doing with the X-Men. Yeah, true. It's a good thing you uh, yeah, explain that. In case anybody's not reading it, it's very possible. Yeah, nobody's reading Hickman's X Men right now. That's that's why they don't have any. Uh, it is any possible. tie-in books that they're doing with it. You know, I'm thinking in terms of posterity, man. If someone goes back and wants to listen to this, and then they're like, "Wait, what are they talking about? Oh, when yeah, did that true. happen inside of Schism or whatever?" It doesn't. Scott gets shot in the face. No, but he does get stabbed a whole bunch. We go on tangents. Speaking of tangents, what were they going on with the books? <laughs> yeah, so right back into So basically, uh, Scott wants to know what Magneto's advice for this situation would be. And Magneto is Probably like, float metal. And Magneto is like, my guess would be. you remind me so much of my father, who is the best man I ever knew, and a way far better man than me. And therefore, you are a better man than me. Uh, the only thing I wish my father hadn't done was be kind of a slave to his circumstance. Because he kept thinking... Germany was going to come around. They're, they were going to appreciate him. And also that he himself became a slave to his own ideas and that he went astray because of that. So he's like, the only thing I can tell you, Scott, is don't be a slave to anything. And Scott's like, all right, good to know. He's so, like, thanks, bud. Yeah. I'll take that into consideration. And then he asked Magneto if he can tell uh, Xavier to come over because he basically wants the same thing from Xavier. Um, hey, John. <laughs> that's what they're doing <laughs> that's the real second coming it's just, yeah it's just stroking them off <laughs> well four issues yeah uh, so Xavier goes up to Scott and he is basically reminiscing the entire time of Scott like raising him and the man he became like seeing that happen in front of him and thinking of his own circumstances like, like what he's done that was shitty and he basically does say, like, the worst thing I had ever done uh, to this day that I regret is having ever sent children in a bath. Yeah, that's the only thing he does. That is the thing he does the most. It's, the entire book is predicated on he sent children in a bath. That is his whole characterization throughout all of X-Men, is he's the guy who sends children in the battle. Yeah. He regrets his life. And, and he... I'm glad Scott kills him. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up because this is like a heartfelt moment between the two where they've started to kind of reconcile uh and xavier is like in less than six months he'll be dead well less than let that yeah yeah which uh, doesn't make less than six months i'm sure no it doesn't but it's like <laughs> saying like something that happens two weeks later is less than a year away that is true but when you say less than a year it's like you know it's two weeks from now but he's he, he's going over in his mind 
like all the times, all the all the bullshit he's seen Scott go through, and how Scott's never lost control, and even when he expected anyone else to lose control, he never lost control, and even like he, he brings up like when Cable held a gun to your face, like your own son has a gun to your face, and you still didn't lose control in those moments. Um, so he didn't really have advice so much as to say that like he was you know proud of him and that he's done what he couldn't do and to just remember that like the one regret he had was ever making him into what he was it's, that's such a, <laughs> so like that was kind I, of his advice i regret who you ended up being but this is probably the only thing that can directly tie into schism considering what happens like there are tones that tie in it's the problem is nothing like technically ties in because nothing had to do with the kids, which it turned out to like all have to do with the kids. Yeah. Um, so then Cyclops, uh, he had, like they show his perspective of it. He's just whole, the whole time thinking of his mom. This I actually thought was really cool because that is never brought up. And like he's even thinking like, you know, I wonder what you would do in this situation. I wonder what you would tell me. And at first you don't know who he's talking about. Like you almost think he's talking about Gene. And it turns out he's talking about his mom and how the last word she said to him was don't let go. Because the last time he was ever around his mom was that really traumatic moment in the plane as they're being attacked. And like, there's only one parachute left, put it on Scott. He holds on to havoc and like, Hey, don't let go. Like you have to save your brother's life. Um, and with that ring in his head, I'm actually starting to appreciate how old he was too. Like I'm actually starting to appreciate the tone, like saying this out loud, of the preludes and how they're affected within the actual story of Schism. It just sucks that like the actual thing that gets set up, right? That there's like this war between like the heavy hitters of the X Men and they're waiting for this wave of something to come to Utopia. That's not at all what you get. Well it it almost makes it worse that these prelude books were really good. And they are, we're just wasting your time. Yeah. Because they don't matter at all. They would matter. They set up a story that would be, on, like, that would also be an awesome story. This makes sense if it were X-Men vs. Dark Avengers, X-Men vs. Avengers, X-Men during Second Coming with all those Sentinels attacking them. Like, this makes sense for almost any other circumstance. Yeah. But this one. This is the first time as I, I mean, heard it, it X-Men makes sense. vs. Avengers. Oh, yeah, instead of AVX. <laughs> AVX yeah. yeah. It makes sense for it, but the thing is, it also makes sense for everything else, because it's not specific enough. Well, our, and Devin and I have talked about this before, our big problem with it is that there is no possible place that this could have taken place. There's, it fits nowhere in the timeline that they could have been sitting around, like, waiting for the Sentinel to come. Oh yeah, when you actually read the book. Yeah. In fact, this even, if you read, uh... What was it? Um, and I know I've brought it up, but Necrosia. This makes sense for Necrosia, considering what that is. Because what it's physically setting up is that there is going to be an army attacking them. And that they are going to respond in kind. That they're waiting. Like, this is like the eve before the battle. But there is no epic battle that takes place, really. Like, because when you actually read uh, Schism, it's all circumstantial. And you realize they're being played. And it's like, it's weird. Yeah, because at this point, I feel like Cyclops is already outside blasting the thing. Yeah, in the story. basically. Well, and Wolverine isn't even there yet. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, It, it says true. up nothing. Uh, I did like that Namor dialogue with Wolverine. 
where he was like, uh, you arrogant little midget. Because why don't you say that over here? He's like, I said it right here. <laughs> We're in the same room. Yeah, right. <laughs> Those are two people that the dialogue between is always great. <laughs> like, just yeah. them fighting together. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I... It ends uh, with Scott deciding that they, they don't leave. They defend Utopia. Because that's the big question that's in the balance, right? Are we going to run away, evacuate, and save as many people as we can? Or are we going to fight and stand our ground and defend our home? Uh, and then you get into Wolverine's book. Which, These... considering what it is, fuck Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just realized, too, because you, you started talking about the timeline. These people aren't even here. Like, Storm's in this book, but she's not on the island. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so but she's in the room. Like, that's, that's she, what we said. Like, physically, yeah, it sets up sense. nothing. It makes no sense. Yeah, well, the whole just, point of that moment in the book, in, like, Schism, is that, like, and, uh, we'll get more detail in a minute, but um, Magneto is taken out. Like, Magneto cannot help. Yeah. Any, like, adult that could stand there and talk about how much they admire Cyclops they're accounted for somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, they are not there. That's the point of schism and the fight between Wolverine and Cyclops, is that like Wolverine just shows up there and Cyclops wants the kids to fight the Sentinel. And even then, he doesn't like want the kids to fight. Like it's a, it's such a nuanced thing that happens. Yeah, but we'll get all into all that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Wolverine, uh, like early on, like in all these books, you see. The heavy hitters, like the core members of the X Men, they're all in a room waiting to advise Scott to hear what he's decided. Are we staying or are we going? And Wolverine's like, "I'm not running anywhere. Maybe I'm ready to die here. Like this is the it. You don't. We don't cut and run. Maybe we these have books to defend take it. place in Magneto's imagination while he has a brain slug attack. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Well, he did say even in Schism that he wasn't going to leave, but he wanted the kids to leave. He said, I'll stay and fight, but the kids got to go. We'll get into all this issue by issue. But uh, Wolverine, though, is like, he's going over his past, and and for him, it's do we have a chance if we stay? I don't know. We do. Or we don't. But we definitely don't if we say we don't. If we say it out loud that we can't win and we run away, then we'll always be running. We'll never win. Like, that's the problem. Uh, so we have to say yes, and then either we do or we don't. And there's even, like, a bit in there that, like, it's all about morale, too, like him being a dick and provoking Namor because, you know, he has to rile them up and stuff. But when he thinks about Scott, he thinks, you were the guy who had this vision. You were the guy who got everyone together, You who he, he saw... Xavier and Magneto reconcile and team up because of Scott, not because Xavier and Magneto were able to just get over their shit. Which kind of is a thing that like Hickman erases too when you think about it, having made it all their master plan this whole time. Yeah. Like there's a lot of weird Scott kind of stumbles into the Utopia stuff, doing almost everything that now Hickman's like, oh, it was always the plan to have an island nation of their own that they would be treated as a government. Yeah, it kind of took a lot government. from Cyclops. Yeah. And, and then even calls it like the lost decade. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that time Cyclops was cool, gone. <laughs> uh, that's why I, 
That's why I want, like, Al Ewing to take over the X-Men at some point. Like, Dude. I, I even heard an interview with him. Like, first of all, he's a fantastic writer and writes dark stories amazingly. Who is it? New but, Avengers? Or when whatever Avengers that uh, Roberto DaCosta was running, that was fucking great. And Al Ewing uh, wrote that. Yeah, and but I, I've even seen him in interviews where he says his favorite character, Cyclops. Oh, nice. So... Nice. More yeah. people like Cyclops. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I just shaved my leg. So nice. we'll... <laughs> <laughs> you just take that audio and just. Ah, uh, I just shaved my legs last night. Nice. But uh, but Wolverine is like, you were the one who said it. You were the one who got us here. And uh, they go and there's like funny banter between the two of them, where Scott's like, so. Any idea what we're going to do? He's like, nope. Shit. Me either. And uh, even Scott's like, so we're staying, we're fighting. And he says, say it out loud. Basically, like, reading say Wolverine's, Wolverine's <laughs> mind. Which is funny, because now that I think about it, he could have had Emma just, like, scan everyone's mind and feed it to him. Uh, so he's like, how do you know? I was talking about like, saying stuff out loud. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, so they, they're like, we're buds, man. <laughs> we'll stop whatever's coming that was a and as we quote. respect each other and uh <laughs> they open their arms and we're like buddy and then the X-Men live happily ever after and there is no schism <laughs> yeah just read this and skip schism <laughs> <laughs> or don't read this and read schism you just, can't, read, just don't read both of them read prelude and then you jump right to Rosenberg's <laughs> yeah but that that's that's it with the preludes uh schism issue one I like the way it opened. I liked I liked <laughs> Grumpy Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, that was a great opening. You're trying so hard not to say it. It was good. I, I honestly wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for engagement, really. Uh, because at this time, I don't know if you guys remember, like Wolverine is literally everywhere, and it rarely gets brought up in the comics. So uh, having Jason Aaron like give that perspective oh, that like, like... You want your token <laughs> Avenger here and... Yeah, oh, there's that stuff. Yeah, but I just mean like him getting back to Utopia, and he's just yeah, he's littered in arrows and like throwing stars and stuff. Yeah, like he didn't pull those out. Come on now. Yeah, Don't but it's funnier in. to see it in there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's. I mean, arrowheads you got to push through the other way. Yeah, but the throwing stars he just left them in there, like because it's cool. So you Wolverine will do anything to look cool. Probably he he gets back to Utopia, and. He, he sees there's a group of uh, X-Men students waiting outside of his room. And it's basically Hope and her lights that she's gathered. And they're I like, wish. he's like, what are you here for? And they're like, oh, you're supposed to teach us combat training? It's on the schedule? He's like, what fucking schedule is that? The one Scott gave us? He's like, fucking fuck off. Class dismissed. And he goes to sleep. Or at least tries to because he's like, fucking fuck Avengers. Fuck X-Men. Fuck everybody. I Fuck Mob D. <laughs> yeah, and he's wearing underwear, not boxers or briefs. Just got to point that out. Yeah, he's wearing almost a man thong. Yeah, he probably is. We don't get to see the backside. He's wearing Jamie Lee Curtis's thong. And I understand how that disappoints you, but. <laughs> uh, and so right after he lays down, uh, Scott shows up and he's like, "Hey, man, I need you to get dressed and come with me to the UN." And he's like, uh, "No." And then Scott's like, "Also, were you supposed to be teaching a class?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck you." And then he gets I'm dressed. Tired. <laughs> He's got a shitload of like unread emails. They're all just there. <laughs> Sent to spam immediately if they're from Scott. I mean, to be fair, if you had Wolverine's schedule, you probably would be tired too. 
So we'll stop taking on so much stuff. This guy should know. Like, don't set him up as a teacher. Dude's never here. Yeah, but there's also, like, are you one of us or are you one of them? Kind of a thing. Like, we are trying to start our own nation. That was actually one of the things that was bugging me about Wolverine's tone in all this. Is, like, he really was a one of them character. Because, I mean, like, he wanted to go to Rogers right away. Rod? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Rogers, like, it sounded like, it, the way you said it just sounded like, like he Harry's wanted to go to the bar. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking, too. Like, is this a place he's going to? <laughs> no, 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 but to, to Steve, because, like, like they're forgetting, he like, he's forgetting they're supposed to be their own people, their own country. And so when Scott's like, yeah, we got choir, but fucking fuck off, because... We'll try, we'll try him. We don't need to call Captain America. This ain't America. <laughs> this ain't America. <laughs> we had some dope yeah, stuff. Yeah, Gambino. This ain't America. <laughs> some dope stuff with uh, them going to that trial or whatever, though. Yeah. So they go to, uh, well, it wasn't a trial. It was, um, they go to the UN it for was an a, arms uh, conference. Yeah, an arms hearing. And Scott's like, hey, so we're mutants, and we know you guys, the normies, you like making big old robots that kill mutants. Please stop. We'd yeah, appreciate like, it if you didn't do it. You guys kill a lot of mutants. I'm here to see if we can go another way on this. Yeah. And right away, like, was the the representative for Iran's like, fucking, who are you to say that we have such things? And I don't know no, what you're we talking don't. about. No, we don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, hey, I'm not trying to debate whether or not the thing that's been trying to kill me since I was 15 is real or not. But, like, you know, shut up. <laughs> go uh going back and a little stop bit, making though. them i just want to mention the when they're uh scott's going through the metal detector and he like walks through and wolverine's already on the other side he's like yeah everything's clear and I'm like, how the fuck did you get like back here yeah that was really dope it's like how many in your security detail they just won and wolverine comes walking from already behind yeah their security i'm a canadian badger ninja so back off bub there was also a dope uh, interaction between wolverine and Scott, he's like, thank you, Logan, I mean that. Like, for what? For being here. Like, you made me come. Like, for always being here. When there's somebody around worth following, I follow. So I thought that was dope. Because it's very rare that uh, Logan's (laughs) actually showing respect to Cyclops. Well, Wolverine looked at him and he's like, you know, when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year, I'll be there for you. (laughs) (laughs) I... I read it more as, like... Because even in the prelude, right, there's, like, a little... There are nudges to what's coming. Like, for a second in Wolverine's book, like, there's a panel where Storm is like, I thought you were going to tell us what to do. And Wolverine's like, not yet. Yeah, which was As dumb. in, like, oh, I'll be the leader of the X-Men soon. Which is so out of character. Two months for books to hit shelves. So. This whole thing I thought was dumb. Because that's so out of character. It's like, not yet. It's like, well, we're not going to listen to you anyway, you <laughs> short little angry man. You're already exhausted constantly, and you're like, I'm, I'm starting a new job. Like, I'm <laughs> taking this bitch over. Yeah. Now that I think about it, though, uh, I think Logan is into Scott. Now that we got the doors between their rooms, he's checking out his ass. That's why it's like when there's somebody around worth following, I follow, and his eyes are directly on his ass. I, I will say too. When Wait, also, I mean, that's just where his head is. <laughs> yeah, that's the height. But I mean, he's, you know, Scott didn't show up in a suit. He's got his tight ass spandex on, glutes out. You sound really turned on, man. Well, I, I'm staring right He's at staring him. Right at the statue. <laughs> yeah. We do have a the exact schism Cyclops uh, statue on our table as we're talking. Was well, astonishing X Men, but yeah, they're really cheeks close. facing oh, me, full clench. <laughs> you could fit it. You could 
barely fit a piece of paper in there. <laughs> Bounce a quarter off that. <laughs> so they're uh, they're giving. We might be Cyclops fanboys. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> Anybody who's not watching us right now uh, pointed at five different Cyclops action figures around the room. And I changed all their poses today, too. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a little stretch. Doing like a Toy Story thing or like small soldiers. Uh, so, anyway, during this hearing, just as like Scott's starting to argue with this Iranian representative, uh, Quentin Choir shows up. And he's like, hey, everybody, fuck you, revolution. I'm going to be the new leader of the X-Men and say all your... Uh, Darkest thoughts on live on yeah, television. Exact words. Devin's taking reading that from the panel. Yeah, <laughs> which was kind of dope because I didn't know that Choir's been gone since we last read him. Yeah. In new what was it? New uh, X. Well, not New X Men. Morrison's X Men. Yeah, he Morrison's showed... X Men because he like becomes ethereal. He it, yeah. He his powers ascend him beyond all existing. Like they kind of. Did you read Civil War two? No. No oh, right because you don't know Carol's is a. Because you yeah, guys told me it was trash. Yeah, don't read Civil War too. Yeah. But the the precog inhuman that it's all about, he doesn't exist in the MCU any well MCU in the, the Marvel Primary Universe anymore because like he ascends to the him. the deities of that universe are like, hey, you're too powerful and we yeah. want you to come with us. He literally becomes a god, which Weird. yeah doesn't really make sense because like Franklin Richards is still a thing and they haven't asked him. To yeah, do they it. just wanted to get too powerful a character off the board. So that he doesn't immediately become like the MacGuffin of everything, or yeah, you know. makes sense. Everybody else will just forget about like Franklin Richards and Molecule Man or whatever. Well, yeah. Franklin Richards, his powers are going away the more he uses them, oh, okay. and Molecule Man is uh, fucked off in space somewhere. Sure, having fun. He showed Quentin Quire did show up though in uh, War Song, I think it was one of those War Song or End Song. He's you know, made it remade his body. I think he got help from the Phoenix, but then he just ended up right back in the same thing in that tube. Yeah, and uh, that's they say, oh, we had him locked up at Utopia. Yeah, and how did he get out? And you, we find out later how he gets out. But anyway, so Quentin's there, and he makes all these representatives uh, immediately start telling all their darkest secrets on TV. So you find out, like the Iranian guy's like, I beat my children because I like it. And other chicks. Uh, that like, one woman's like, here's a list of all the ethnicities I hate. Yeah. And uh, there's one guy who's like clearly Newt Gingrich, but not Newt Gingrich. He's like, I'm cheating on my wife who's dying of cancer. Yeah, leukemia. A, yeah. Well, that's a cancer. <laughs> and, and they. That's a cancer. <laughs> and stay tuned for our new shirts that will say that on the back. <laughs> Thanks, man. That's a cancer. Yeah. <laughs> I like that I married a Doombot. Yeah. <laughs> I am personally responsible for the deaths of the following individuals. Uh, so all this is going on. And, of course, the public is immediately terrified by this because they were, you know, those are the leaders of the world and they all just got played. So they all get insecure and they're like, okay, our Sentinels, get them out. <laughs> and it's like, you just said you didn't have them. And so all the world is they're like outside of the building too. Psych. And also they're like, like nobody ever talks shit to like the guy who's like, we don't have sentinels, except here they are. And also they were lying about the things I said. <laughs> right. Like they should have just got a camera. Like what we just said. 
And you just said you don't have sentinels, and then you bust out sentinels. Well, they don't need them because it kills all of them. And then people. they're just like scary mutants. Yeah, uh, they had them outside in a van too. Like yeah, which immediately start attacking people though too. Like they just start doing all this sort of property damage, we're, even though their targets are mutants. They don't care about collateral damage. We're missing the big point here though. Emma had to cancel her pedicure for three o'clock because of this. Yeah, and that's a travesty. Yeah, she. <laughs> Is pissed. Yeah, <laughs> you look at the picture, and they were like, they were like the original Sentinels, how they were just barely bigger than normal people. They just look sort of like the uh, the mole men or whatever, like the yeah. The Actually, was one truck, like one semi truck, and not and even a, a full semi truck. Yeah, and the shitload of Sentinels came out. Yeah, and like it shows that the that hand was like the size of the truck. So the only way that that's really possible, Russian is if, nesting dolls. I was gonna say Mexican Sentinels. Oh. but i've also like i mean come on like you haven't been in a car with six other cousins and it's a sedan bro when we were (laughs) when we were in high school i was the only one who had a vehicle we had like 10 friends gotta make it work i fit some people in my in the and it was a (laughs) two-seater we fit everybody in there no, it was a it was a truck in S ten. Oh no, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about your convertible. No, that that was a terrible car. That was a terrible. It was a really terrible car. No, it was a convertible. It was a Sebring. It was a Sebring. It's a Cavalier. Okay. Yeah, there's some dope panels of Cyclops and Wolverine taking out those Sentinels, though. That was cool. Scott was like, they brought arms to an arms conference, and Wolverine's like, so did we. You can't really get rid of you. Snake, snake. Yeah. Also. Uh, we we didn't point out that when Wolverine passed out sleeping earlier in the book, his claws came out into the ground while he was sleeping. Oh yeah, that was I like that scene too because Cyclops like knocked on his door or something, and you just see his claws like pop out into the floor. He was pissed off. <laughs> so property damage, man. Outside of the uh, the building, though, there's a man in a car that happens to be like a shield, like flying car or whatever, and uh, named. Was it Carl? Carl. Carlton. Carl. Uh, Kilgore, who is the the guy who happened to make these Sentinels, and he's like, "Oh, this is fantastic! The Sentinels are working, and our plan's working." And he they start flying away, and he sees a son in the back seat, and he's like, "Cade, what are you doing here? I thought you'd be at school." And he's like, "Yeah, uh, I haven't been there in the last two months. That's my life model decoy. Stupid." I I also want to add that I think it's incredibly interesting though that. The, uh, the guy who makes money off selling the Sentinels, Maybe like, does them. not want to uh, have mutants die out because if mutants die out, he loses money. He wants to because he says, "Long live the X Men." Yeah, because he the, as long as the X Men are around, people are going to be terrified, and he could keep selling Sentinels. Yeah, it's like that rape bristle joke. Rape bristle. Rape bristle. Rape bristle. But, like, how if you're manufacturing rape whistles and that's your business, do you really want rape to go away? <laughs> how much money are you making off a of rape whistle, though? You know, but it's like that, but in reverse. All of your money. You're, if your company you is... a side job. If your company... Like, like you Uber? <laughs> 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 what do you do? I make... Uh, I'm a part of the company that is the foremost leader in manufacturing rape whistles. <laughs> <laughs> you almost did. You just did. And uh, also, <laughs> <It did too. laughs> I drive lift sometimes. 
But you know my real passion is Lyft, so I'm really hoping that the manufacturing business goes under and all those people lose their jobs because Rape will be gone. And mostly because my product is very difficult to say. <laughs> it always turns into a, a really offensive Asian stereotype yeah. when people try to pronounce my, my product. <laughs> but, uh, so he's like, uh, Cade, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm here to fuck you up. And he's like, oh... He's pointing a gun at me, uh, driver lady. Take him home. And she's like, nope, he pays me more. And then he dumps him outside of the car, the, his son. Dumps his father outside of the flying car and shoots him as he falls in the Alps. And then they yeah. go down low just so he can see, like, yep, he's dead. Yeah, they made this kid a complete psycho. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, he didn't need to be like, shot. Oh, he was okay. already going to die. Yeah. <laughs> just leave him in the Alps. Just in case he had, like, a flying suit. Yeah. Like under like like his suit just had like hover technology. Although he did the one thing that no villain ever seems to do, where it's like double tap, man, take care of the body. Like don't just drop him in the Alps and assume because if it was like a good guy that was dropped in the Alps, they would just find their way back. Yeah, but yeah, it's a bad guy, so he's gonna die. Yeah, but might as well shoot him in the head anyway. Or you, what, know... you trying to save money on bullets? <laughs> like you're a billionaire. You have four billion dollars. The tiny briefcase at one point. Well, we find out later. His guns, they don't have bullets. Nope. Not all of them. That, that <laughs> no, one that one, that one bullets. had bullets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we go back to the X-Men. The X-Men uh, went back to Utopia to sort of just see what's going to happen with all this. Like, Wolverine wanted to go after Quentin right away, and Scott's like, whatever, the damage is done. Leave him. We have to go- get back and assess what's going on. And uh, Wolverine's like, all right. And he had time to, like, stop at Target real fast. No, never mind. He didn't have time. Kitty. Kitty. Kitty went to Target. Yep. <laughs> because he gets a doll farmer to take to Idy, the youngest of uh, Hope's group. Cause, yeah, because she had made a comment earlier in the books about having, like, I don't know, what what was it? She had a it doll was, and something bad happened. No, is that she never had a doll. Because um, this is when Wolverine first gets back. Yeah. Uh, she when had, the book like, starts. she had toys, but, like, her village was burned down, and, like, everything she had was destroyed. Well. She's real nonchalant about it. Yeah. This, this girl's, Such is life. This girl's fucked up. You have to read Generation uh, Hope to oh, she get said, how fucked up. I had a doll once made from pretty beads. I lost it when they tried to burn me for being a witch. Yeah. Her entire village convinced her that mutants, and her especially, are monsters. And she bought into it and so to this like what she needs is like a psychiatrist and wolverine's just like nah she just needs a doll like that's and that's part of what's annoying is because he's just decided that she's gonna be his next project basically yeah because even (laughs) kitty's like oh i remember when you like gave me this treatment and stuff and he's like yeah you you survived you turned out all right uh i i want to so like this is this is his next prospect of underage girls um, to mentor. They drew her a uh, butt crack, by the way. I don't know if you guys know. Ooh. I was just cycling through ID. Yeah, they, they did. drew her a butt crack. Yeah, um, a lot of these artists don't understand that she's a, a child. Yeah, and weird. they keep drawing her much older. This was a. I just realized a point from Kitty because Kitty does join Wolverine, but she does end up saying, "Well, whoops, spoiler alert." 
Off to get another girl, Wolverine, huh? Because <laughs> she did, uh, Wolverine was like, I survived you being a teenager, didn't I? He's like, Kitty what? goes, yeah, but you also showed me how to use a sword before I was old enough to wear a bra. Also, my powers is phasing, so I couldn't, it's like, you couldn't touch me. <laughs> but it was, just shows how hypocritical he was. Like, yeah, you were teaching me how to use a sword, and I was fucking 13. Yeah, she also, uh, he's giving her the doll so later she could show them on it. <laughs> where he touched it. <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't even say, like, who's the new lucky girl? Like, <laughs> like you you trying to, like, you trying to groom Rumor, another yeah. girl? <laughs> we also saw how that uh, turned out with Jubilee. Vampire. Yeah. yeah. Bro, <laughs> energy vampire. And she's, like, too old for a doll. She's like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, she's, <laughs> she's just, like, eating ice cream. She's like, have you ever had ice cream? It's her first time having ice cream. Yeah. Like, she's that far removed from, like contemporary civilization man and it's just weird because like wolverine's like using all this to like fuel his ideology of like ah uh, uh, is id yeah pretty much when just like she's just fucked up yeah to be this is just one person who's really fucked up who needs a lot of help and, and wolverine's just like we've lost our way you can't really go back once you do that because he tries to do the same thing with X twenty three, like oh you're a kid and it's like she's a after fucking you assassin. People, I wanted you to. Like she's an assassin. You can't just yeah. go back to being a kid after that. Yeah, like and also like a little bit you, <laughs> like she is you. And so right away, uh, news coverage starts showing all the countries with their Sentinel programs, and they're watching on TV and hope and id come in the room and wolverine's like you guys get out of here you don't need to see this and scott's like no they can stay if they want to stay and see this is how the world is this is what we have to prepare for and and, and understand is what exists yeah. well uh emma tells him to go back and wolverine doesn't huh I, i'm looking at it right here nothing they look at it and emma says uh please hope just return to your studies and that's what scott says no let them say it yeah but wolverine says uh go back to your ice cream id he tells her to go back because he's all you know Watching after ID, that's the new... That's his new project. What the... So Scott had a good thing. He's like, hated and feared. We toss that phrase around so often it, it loses impact. It becomes hollow. It's good to be reminded from time to time just what that means. This is what it means. Yeah, and you see the Iranian guy in the hands of a sentinel that he said didn't exist. Yeah. Just standing there like, these mutants can't be trusted. <laughs> and then you learn that uh, Cade... Uh, is now the new Black King of the Hellfire Club for having killed his dad and made them a bunch of money. As you do. Yep, and that's issue one, so issue two. That was pretty cool. I like them, though. The new Hellfire Club. <laughs> all the old white men in robes? <laughs> no, all the uh, the kids that end up becoming the inner circle. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to point out one line, though, that I thought was really cool. When Scott's saying, uh, how much more open do uh, do you need, Aurora? The world just stuck a gun in our face. She says, well, what would you suggest we do? He says, for starters, not blink. And he's like, even adjusting his visor. That was dope. Yeah. Like, uh, like, yeah! <laughs> that was and a dope He felt his own though. quote. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I wrote that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, ah, I heard Magneto's thoughts. <laughs> he, like, tips it down and kills everybody there. <laughs> <laughs> for starters, don't blink. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I, It's like that, uh, that meme of, like, 
uh, Storm talking to Cyclops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you good. still dating Jean? He's like, no, you could sh- say she's my... And tips his sunglasses down and just murders Storm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, issue two opens up with the Iranian representative and that Sentinel. Except now you see it's a much shittier Sentinel than they made it look like. And he's trying to get it to work as a show of force. We got Cho on art. Yeah. Gotta mention that. I like his art. We don't see him a lot. I do too, but he does some weird stuff. Like, even the good art in Schism, every once in a while there's a panel that's just like, why the fuck does that look like that? It, a little iffy, yeah, sometimes. He's like hit or miss. It's like really good or something's like, why? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't get during this period, like, why did Marvel Comics have such a weird inconsistency with their art quality? Uh, it's probably because they're trying to push out X-Men books so fast. Yeah, but this is a major event. Yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> it's not. It's kind of a side event. But why not have the same artist do all the event books? It's like not within series. It's one series. They're doing that now. That's what's so good. Or at least they have guys who are really comparable. Yeah. Like, uh... Um, Pepe and Silva. Pepe Silva. <laughs> yeah, but those are two different books, too, though. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pepe Silva. I think every time we talk about We got about boxes it. full of Pepe. Those, <laughs> those were House of X and Powers of Ten. Two yeah. different books. This was all one book. You well, House have, of Ten. House of... House of yeah. Ten. Those classic Ten Men books. <laughs> like, it's one book. Five issues. You can't have the same artist do all of it. Well, it's ten issues. Well, no. There were six it's issues, right? So, twelve. Schism's five. You don't put them on Oh, this feet. one. I thought you were talking yeah. about that. It's no, I'm saying that was... Issues. That was two... <laughs> those, those were two different books, so that makes more sense. This is one book, five issues. You can't have... Yeah, it's a, it's a really weird thing that they went with. And, and some of these... Like, uh, I think the person who did issue three i really liked what they had going on there or it was either three or four and uh i was like man if this whole thing was just that it would have been awesome i want to point out when the uh, the sentinel does awake though uh the sound effect that they use for it is choom <laughs> <laughs> but they they are having an issue with controlling it and they can't get it on and then it, when it does come on it just starts blowing up everything around it yeah a lot I love Cyclops' reaction to it, too. We'll, we'll get to that in a second, but... What in the... So, I like when it... <laughs> what in the... When uh, the one in Iran... I, you don't know where it's at. It never says Iran or something. It's some Middle Eastern yeah, place. Yeah, it's, it's clearly uh, somewhere in the Middle East. Yeah, and it starts going haywire and blowing everything up. And the X-Men show up, and it's all women. Yeah. Which was like, funny. I love that that's what Cyclops did. And uh, when... Kitty's talking to the prime minister, and uh, he's like, "Oh, like Cyclops wanted to embarrass me by sending all women." It's like, no, that's just a coincidence. Also, I'm half Jewish. <laughs> that's right, because they're racist there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's not paint them with a broad brush, Devin. Some of them are racist. Dazzler <laughs> cameo over here. Yeah. Uh, so that's what ends up happening is that because the world is trying to do this show of force. Uh, it turns out a lot of their uh, Sentinels are shitty and have had poor maintenance and are malfunctioning like the one in Iran. So the X-Men are dispatching teams around the world to actually save the civilians in the area from their own stupid giant robots. And I, I, I know it was on accident, but I like that you called them civilians. Civilians? <laughs> 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 and... Uh, <laughs> 
right? Considering <laughs> what they are. Yeah, like technically they didn't do anything wrong, but also like they're kind of cheering for the death of a whole people. So yeah, with giant robots <laughs> that are then also killing themselves. Yeah, <laughs> the civilians. <laughs> anyway, um, and then even you know. Tony Stark's helping, and so is Captain America, kind of. They're doing stuff. Are they, though? <laughs> they vaguely help with mutant issues. Yeah, in, like, a couple areas. Like, he uh, he points that out, yeah. Jason Aaron. Also, not even a mutant issue. It, it's, no, it's a people issue. Yeah. They're blowing up normal people. <laughs> they tried well, they're to, blowing up civilians. They tried to murder... <laughs> they tried to murder uh, mutants, but mutants technically had nothing to do with it. They just started murdering themselves, and... The Avengers are like, well, that we can help with. Yeah. I mean, just one mutant, Quentin, he kind of caused the the whole hysteria. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot to say some good writing, though. His speech, his little speech is pretty nice by Aaron. Yeah, and I liked that Wolverine's like, I can still smell the uh, the Axe body spray. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I can, I can tell him, I can still smell the Axe body spray. <laughs> Which is funny, because uh, he said it was like a mix. He was like body spray and like... Like hair gel or something. I... I it was some pop, like some soda or some or oh, energy, mountain, drinks. energy drinks. Energy yeah. drinks and, and, and then in, recently when he showed up in X Force, he said you smell like uh, he said the same thing, like body spray and strawberry cola or some shit. <laughs> so basically, he smells like date rape. <laughs> <laughs> just like Kyle's. <laughs> I know you said Kyle's, but for a second I thought you said Hiles. Hiles. <laughs> I was like, whoa, you're going anti-Semitic there. No. <laughs> With the civilians. <laughs> <laughs> like that was Hitler's platform, that the Jews were civilians? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Wolverine's like, all right, well, if this is happening, send me out there. I need to like stab something. Coach. Like I'm angry. Well, he had a, a run in with Idy. Yeah. And Idy called herself a monster. And he's like, fuck it, these kids. Again, just one kid. Yeah. One very fucked up needs help. Is it because we're monsters? Is yeah. that why people hate us? Yeah. So he's like, I'm angry. I need to stab something. Uh, but I guess I'll like, I need to stab something fleshy. But if you give me a robot, that's fine. And Scott's like, Nope, you're staying here because we need to defend Utopia if something happens. And I need all my heavy hitters here. And he's like, Well, I want to go. And he's like, No. He's like, Well, fine then. And then. Wolverine leaves to go drink because he's mad. I, I will say, in the interest of fairness, right away, uh, Scott does be like, all right, now all the heavy hitters, get the fuck out of here. He does, but again, nuance. All right, so. We, we have to we, we have to acknowledge that we're, uh, we take sides with Cyclops over things, but. He does some things. Yeah. He does, he does some things. We just have, we have to acknowledge. Jason Aaron writes a fairly, like, even story. Yeah. Scott does some things, <laughs> but so oh, they do say uh, Iran. Do they? Yeah, yeah. They say oh, got okay. another one. Iran this time. It's running wild in the streets. Yeah, they they said Iran earlier too. The guy's from Iran. He's the delegate from I didn't notice Iran. Um, so they're uh, they're doing while well, while they're doing this, Cade meets with the uh, Hellfire people who are all like, you know. There used to be mutants here before, but we got rid of them, fucking filthy mutants. Hate those guys. Really glad you're on board. And you know, your plan, it's so swell. Like, we would have been fine with, like, throwing annual orgies after killing a couple of mutants. Yeah. And you're, like, doing a way better job than that. Here's $4 billion. Just untrink it. 
Yeah, going back to the art. Like a little suitcase. Going back to the art in this book, real quick. I hate how they draw Cyclops' eyes. Oh, lighting up behind the glasses, really? Really? I thought that was cool. I hate that. I like because it's a sense of like energy behind him. No, it makes him look like he wears uh, like tennis got like uh, glasses where like you see your whole eye like in the lens. I don't know. I kind of like that. I I kind of like. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but that's that panel. I kind of like the idea that you see the energy emitting behind it that's just waiting yeah. to burst forward. I just don't like seeing the. There are a couple of them that are people. done in here that are like. Yeah, shooting really all those out, yellow beams out. <laughs> he doesn't shoot yellow beams, he sees yellow beams. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, same thing though, from his I, perspective. I like that. And I also like that the uh, he drew him so different. Like, Scott is slim, he's tall. And lanky. I didn't like the way he drew Scott. I like it. It makes no sense. How? It's supposed to be ripped. Uh, yeah. He's a superhero that works out all the time and fights for a living. Y- yeah. Dude's low on protein. Really isn't. When's the last you time you saw him shakes? eat a chicken? <laughs> I see him <laughs> eat a chicken. chicken all the time. <laughs> so, uh, while... Alright, so you see Cade. They're, like, setting up some weird stuff. Like, aliens come down... And you see, like, there are other kids that are on his side. I know. Boobs. All the time. <laughs> Every character has Tony just showed, like, a close-up of a panel of Rogue <laughs> it's flying not, through. Well, it's, not, it's not a close-up. It's how comicsology works. <laughs> but, but it is a close-up. The boobs they, are flying right they, at the screen. They zoomed really, yeah. in on the panel of Rogue flying through the head of the Sentinel in boobs. That's what Cho's best at. Man. Every single boobs. X character has big boobs. Yeah. Oh, not Kitty. Oh, not... Well, that's... He does a good job with making characters different, so Kitty shouldn't have big boobs. And he made Scott know. look malnourished. He did look. He could have had a little bit more weight on him. I yeah. agree. So, like, I'm not saying he has to be jacked, but like, there's a there's a middle ground that some artists hit that's awesome, and some people make take it too far. Like nineties, nineties Cyclops. Also, uh, in the control room when they show the cuckoos with Emma. One of them has, uh, the one in the middle has her eyes both going in different directions. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, man, that's another issue with the art in this, though, because they, they even draw Utopia different all the time. Like, just the control room that they're in, it completely is different from this from issue to the artist. next issue. It's a different control room, man. They're in the same room, man. <laughs> they're in the same room. So, you see uh, that there are other children that are working with Cade, so, like, you start to realize it's, like, a cabal of kids, and they're meeting with these aliens. And one's a Jedi. Yep. Oh. <laughs> he just has a lightsaber. <laughs> um, and the aliens, they brought, like, this weird space slug thing that this girl is calling a kitty, because, you know, cute. Uh, and the alien's like, fuck this, you're not bringing four billion dollars, like, galactic credits to us the way you're supposed to. <laughs> we can at least get some money from selling your organs to some fucked up aliens. And so as soon as they, like, attack the kids, like, she gets mad and cuts them up because she's also a weird badass assassin. And then Cade gets there with the suitcase that has a billion space credits in it. And he's like, hey, uh, all right, I guess we just keep the money because you killed the people who brought us the thing we need that's going to be real important in the next issue. And, and then cut to uh, Utopia and Wolverine's still like, I can at least go after Choir. And then Choir shows up, like, hey, guys. Looking like Nicolas Cage with purple hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he looks a little too old. Well, like a gap-toothed Nicolas Cage. Yeah, he's supposed to be, like, 16. And also, yeah, I hate that where they, they show his top teeth 
It's like, is this a bad time? <laughs> I'm a sexy cat. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you're going to make me say it, aren't you? I'm a mutant. You're the mutant country. I want so- like <laughs> Sanctuary. Sanctuary. Wolverine grabs him up by his hair, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Actually, it's not Quentin Quire. Somebody replaced his face with <laughs> somebody else's face. Or Quentin Quire's doing a, uh, a, a Nicolas Cage face swap. <laughs> He's just, they're seeing everything. He's like Cyclops' visor is actually just like uh, an iPhone <laughs> translating over there. So this is interesting what happens though. So because Quire's there and Wolverine's all like, we need to give him to Rogers. And Scott's like, no, I mean, come on. All right, he's an asshole, and he started all this, and he should get punished, but no. Why are we going to give him to Captain America? Like, he's one of ours. We try him. And also, when you think about it, they already did. He was already in prison. (laughs) Like, he's just going to go right back to where they were. Like, this is one of the instances where Wolverine's uh, perspective makes no sense. Like, why is he so... Like, he needs to face Avengers justice. I feel like he, even though he's, like, tries to pro, uh, portray himself as being, like, X-Men before Avenger, he's definitely, like, an Avenger before he's an X-Men. Yeah. Because if anything, that affected mutants way more than humans, obviously. Everybody's fucking bringing Sentinels out. Yeah. yeah. The X-Men are way better to, like, bring justice to choir, whereas somebody like Rogers is not going to understand the full gratitude of what he did. Or not gratitude, but the magnitude i mean yeah what he did and so uh wolverine's all like call rogers and he's like no call rogers and scott's like no and then emma's like we don't need to call him he's calling us <laughs> my ears were burning <laughs> nice accent there she lost the british accent she's like hey guys well she never really had one right no she like, makes she like, fakes it yeah but yeah. now she's faking a different one <laughs> she's faking an accent she's faking breaking a fake accent <laughs> So, uh, um, by the way, could they have, could they have drawn Captain America to be more handsome? (laughs) (laughs) Now he like, he looks like Chris Evans now in like this, uh, picture. You know, what's funny is that he does, um, but that one of the artists who was drawing Scott, well, in the Xavier prelude book actually draws him to look like James Marsden for a minute. Like the younger one, he looks kind of like James Marsden. I like when they do that. Um, so anyway, <laughs> you like James Marsden's face? You like when they I draw like James Marsden? He's always getting cuckolded. Just like I like how when uh, they draw really Xavier, is. they draw Xavier like Patrick Stewart. I think that's just Xavier is Patrick Stewart. Even in <laughs> Sex right. Drive, he gets his car cuckolded. He does. <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> so... Uh, anyway, Steve calls. He's like, hey, guys, I know all this craziness with the Sentinels is going on, and we thank you so much for your help. Uh, but that mutant kid, you find him? Any idea what's going on with that guy? And Scott's just like, nope, no word. Seen nothing. He's like, oh, I thought for sure maybe you'd know something. All right. Have a good night. And it was such a weird thing. Why would he give a fuck? Like, why? He called specifically for choir. <laughs> like, so it's like a really weird... Is he there? As he asked about me. <laughs> it's another one of those things where uh, he's overstepping his boundaries. Yeah. And which like, he always is, so that's right in character. Which is really heavy, like obviously heavy in uh, AVX. Yeah. But yeah, which this, is, they, this is a prelude to that moment. Yeah. This is They literally call ahead to it. He says, we can't afford a confrontation with the Avengers. Not now. Yeah. And 
Wolverine's like, oh, this better be worth it. You better know what you're yeah. doing, all that stuff. And but, he tells him, like, th- there's sometimes I like when you show some backbone and stand up to me, but this is not one of those moments. Yeah, and then there's a great moment that shows Scott's kind of a better guy than Wolverine. Because immediately, so Wolverine leaves all in a tuff because, you know, he didn't get what he wanted. <laughs> and, he uh, stomped shit. out and slammed the door really loud. <laughs> yeah. And uh, This whole house is <laughs> bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Choir's like, yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck Wolverine. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, I knew you, Cyclops, would understand my genius. And, and Scott right away is like, shut the fuck up. He's right. You're a piece of shit. And if you ever say anything bad about that guy, like, he's... I'll take one of him on his worst day versus ten of you on your best. Fuck off. Like, that's such a, like a great moment where he's like, that guy out there, way better than you. You don't get to speak ill of that. Like, you're a criminal. Hey, Justin, can you... Uh, I'll let you read this because you're, uh, you're a Namor fan. The Cyclops says to him right there. If I have to tell you again to shut up, I'll have you transferred to a cell in Atlantis where I can assure you their definition of cruel and unusual is significantly more lax than ours. That's him just slapping his dick on the table. (laughs) But it's like, what really is the, the issue between Scott and Wolverine? Like, that's the weird thing, is that it doesn't seem like there's much here, but, like, Jason Aaron has to make it something. So, like... Well, the it issue just, doesn't come out till later. I feel like, what, the last issue is when the real issue comes? Sort of. And even then, it's like, it feels forced. Because it's like, all this so far has been, like, how two guys who early on, like, before this time period in the X-Men history, did not like each other. And if there was going to be a schism of the X-Men then, would have made sense. But now, after they've gone through so much to forge them into this one people... And, like, now they're going to force a split? Like, that's what doesn't make sense. And so even as this is building up through this event, it's like, where is the schism really? Like, it, it all seems like blurred lines. It was, like, mandated. They needed to split them up, so they had to find a reason to do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying it's an unfortunate thing. Like, I think Jason Aaron does as good a job as can be done, but I think that Marvel deciding it had to be done was stupid. Because I don't see why... You can't get both books that they end up with without doing this. Because then you get no event. It's going to make a different event without pitting them against each other. I don't know. They just they really wanted that X Men versus X Men. So now, <sighs> some some Cyclops bullshit. <laughs> Back in with some Cyclops bullshit. Yeah. All right. So right as this happens, and and he shuts down uh, choirs pretentiousness uh and emma and speaking of pretentious, yeah she does well she shit himself which was great she she, she made which is another she w- says soil so it could be either yeah it's but the I accent liked, i like to think that it was shit. soil he he has like a jump in his step like something just came out the back you know uh soil yeah soil that <laughs> but when you think too like he is as omega he is Kid Omega, as ter- or far as uh, Omega Mutants go. And she just psychically more... bitch-slapped him. She's got more experience. Yeah. She did the same thing with Rachel. Rachel Gray's more powerful. Wasn't it astonishing? Or where they fought, and she ended up... Uh, they had a really badass psychic battle where Rachel was like, you know, I'm more powerful. And Emma was like, well, I'm way more experienced. 
And yeah. she just ended up beating her. I guess so. I, yeah. I don't remember it. Which, I mean, kind of makes sense with the whole, how uh, they set up their psychics. With, like, how that is, like, the experience out doing um, just power. But then anytime she comes up against Jean Grey, who's more powerful and has at least the same amount of experience, like, Jean Grey bitch slaps her down. Yeah. Yeah, Jean's also experienced and powerful as hell. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> she's like, the mayor's calling. And he's like, yeah, well, we're a little busy right now for the mayor. And she's like, no, but you know that museum that uh, was going to open up about mutants and stuff? They want some X-Men there for the thing. And he's like, we're kind of fucking busy. And then he's like, wait a minute. There going to be cameras? And I get the strategy of it. Like, this is where the nuance comes into play. That, like, this entire arc in Scott's history and in the X-Men, he's been trying to get the world to understand that they're superheroes. So he's been very uh, in line with what their uh, PR is. And he even has a PR uh, rep that he had hired. Like, it's how he sets up Utopia in the first place against the Dark Avengers and how he wins against Norman Osborn. Is he turns public opinion against Norman Osborn. And so he's like, okay... The world has stuck a gun in our face. Let's make this a standoff and show them. Now, the logic behind this doesn't make much sense to me, though, because they obviously know about Magneto and Colossus and Namor and Emma. Like, they know they exist. They know their things. So, just exist. Like, I don't know how showing them off in front of cameras is what I think it, does it. The sight of all of them together is, like, a really powerful message. It's like, there's uh, a lot of shit with, like, and this is not a great, not comparing mutants to uh, Nazis, but there's a lot of shit with, like, Hitler and the Nazis, which is, like, you hear it, and it's, like, uh, yeah, that's a thing, and then you actually see the imagery of it, and it's completely different. Yeah, and they're not the only ones who go, and the generation, this is where the Generation Hope books start to tie in, the, uh, the younger mutants, they go to... Just to experience the museum and see it and stuff. and But they're really clear in this that they're not supposed to be there long. They're not even supposed to be there for the duration of the night. Just like to be photographed and then come right back to Utopia. So Scott's sort of like making us a, a minor concession. That like, okay, this is one way we, we can make a quick victory and then pull back. Because I Utopia is still a target. Yeah. Colossus is cheesing like crazy. He really is. He's into it. He's got that wrapped upper lip going. Namor's grumpy, and uh, Cho did what he does best with Emma. Yes, he did. (laughs) (laughs) He is. uh, I never noticed how much he's smiling before. I did say I like Frank Cho. Oh, I thought you were going to say how much he likes drawing boobs. No, that's been (laughs) obvious this whole time. Um, He even gave Namor some cleavage. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And uh, you know he waxes that chest. Yeah, for uh, I, would, I, I to don't, be able to slip through water faster. Yeah, That's I don't why, like uh, swimmers shave their legs. I don't like that you answered him. I wanted that to hang in the air a little bit longer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, the issue ends with Cade uh, and his group of well, Cade and his cadre. Uh, Stop. <laughs> You're very they're, they're dressed up as he- uh, Hellfire goons. And they're uh, getting ready to attack the museum. And also, uh, some of the younger students showed up there too, which is shown in Generation Hope. You got Transonic, Anal, Dust, and Idy. I said all those things, but Anal. Did you? 
Yep. Well, you missed anal. That's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, I must have missed it because I was looking up that, uh, what's it? Emma <laughs> Frost fighting Rick. Yeah. That's weird. You know, like, you both you guys are so, always so on top of anal from what I <laughs> Emma Frost fighting uh, Marvel Girl. I was trying to figure out what issue that came from. Daniel Acuna? What about him? He's the artist for part three. I liked his art a lot. If Schism was all his art, that would have been awesome. I think Acuna. Acuna? Yeah, it's got the accent on it. Acuna Matata. I was waiting for someone to say it. <laughs> I was, I was, I was trying so hard not to be the one to say it. I was refusing to say it. <laughs> I had to say it. Someone had to. <laughs> At least everyone okay. listening was like, Matata. Exactly. Matata. Say Matata. Yeah, his art is nice. It's good. I like the colors on it. Fun fact, Acuna Matata. All I don't, Also, I don't think he had anything to do with the, the colors on that. But the colors are dope, though. Yeah. They are dope, but they, they work well with his art. Um, and so, right away, you're... Except you're for Iceman. Sorry to cut you off. Oh. Iceman is like, <laughs> hey, he has no features. He looks so bad. <laughs> He's got no features. He's just a walking... Almost that picture <laughs> too. It's literally just they drew, like, the outline for him. Well, there's because there's kind of a minimalist style to the line art and to the coloring. Yeah, that is true. They got like no so, facial, almost I mean, no facial. I mean, he's a block of ice that walks, so it'd be kind of hard to see where his eyes and nose is unless you were close up. Yeah, you see the undies though. He's got undies on at least, <laughs> even though he stated before he doesn't wear any. Well, they had to be clear about that. They need to get their continuity together. Plus, he actually he does have an X suit on under that. As soon as he's like de-iced, you see it all. There was a, I think it was in the end of Astonishing, you know, because like, that kept going way after Joss Whedon. He was talking to Wolverine, and he said, like, I wear Storm's underwear. And he was just trying to get Wolverine's attention. He was saying a whole bunch of shit, and Wolverine wasn't listening. And he was like, and Wolverine looks at him, and he's like, I was just trying to get your attention. <laughs> he's like, I don't wear any underwear. <laughs> it's like, he's in a storm. <laughs> and Wolverine looks at him like, I do too. Nice. <laughs> So right away, uh, Scott has like a telepathic link with Emma, and he's like, hey, all right, well, you guys have to wrap it up there because we need you back here at Utopia. And she's like, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the Hellfire kids show up, and they start fucking stuff up. And they're like, oh, well, we got to address this now because guns and stuff. Just why? <laughs> okay. Go on. That was just weird, <laughs> weird the way you were looking at me. So, um... While Scott's uh, talking with Emma, though, like their communication gets cut because apparently a ten-year-old boy thought of everything Bastion couldn't. Yeah, like that's the that's the weirdest part of this, right? Is that a ten-year-old boy beat Cyclops, who just beat Bastion, and so like is doing the stuff that Bastion couldn't even do. They, the fact that they created this Sentinel, which we'll get to, but that was nuts too. That they did it. Yeah, it felt like. What what the X-Men villains right now feel like, they went the opposite direction with the geriatric ladies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also, it reminds me a lot of uh, the beginning of Whedon's run when they're just like, I can't remember oh, if they're yeah. in a museum, but they're all at like some museum type place and then they all just get taken out right at the beginning. They oh, no, no, it was a, a robbery at a gallery. Yeah. And they saved them. The X-Men busted in there to stop it. Yeah, it, it just it has that same feeling. It does. Yeah. Well, because, you know, hoity-toity. Should have called Lockheed. <laughs> uh, 
but right away, Scott's like, okay, something's up because connection just got severed. So he gets on his jetpack and starts flying in that direction. As and, one does. Yeah. Meanwhile, Wolverine is at a bar. He's still got that fucking jetpack. <laughs> yeah, man. This is the age of the jetpack. It's fucking dope. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Wolverine's at a bar, boozing it up, because of course he is. And Rogue he's talking her. to... Yeah. Rogue zipped it up. Put the titties away. Yep. Uh, he's, <laughs> yep. he's talking to Rogue uh, over a comp, because it seems like he's just like kind of drunk calling someone he's trying to hook up with. Um, but you find out it's actually Rogue, and they're he's he's trying to get in on the Sentinel fighting that they're doing. And then he hangs up because he sees what's going on at the museum, and he steals a car, and he starts racing that way. And uh, it's kind of... Uh, oh, there's a moment, too, where you get like their backstories real fast, and that they, like, weeks ago, and they show Cade form this cabal of children and they're like i am this guy and the guy's like i'm uh this guy and i'm this guy and i'm this girl like they do like their whole little yeah, it's basically everybody explaining yeah. how they murdered their parents yeah and and, and how they're such genius douchebags they're children tyrannical tykes that's so they are it's like uh, sounds like a tiny tunes toy. like a <laughs> sequel yeah. to that yeah but, you know, they kill people. So they're fighting the uh, X-Men that are there. And right away, they uh, smack... Who was it? Uh, Colossus in the face with one of those worm things. And yeah. so he's out. And also one guy farts. Yeah, that's actually kind of funny. It was the girl. Uh, because they uh, have telepathic links between them. So they cut off uh, Emma's telepathy. And then they take pills and allow them to have telepathy with each other. Because science... Yeah. And so, but they can't filter it, what they're thinking. So when the girl thinks that she farts, so when she, rec- like, so everyone hears that she farted. Also, they probably could have heard her <laughs> fart. He says, splendid, let's make a show. <laughs> right? It does look like he said that right after. <laughs> I love Namor's dialogue about these kids. He just does not give any fucks. Oh, yeah, you think I won't hit a child? <laughs> His first thing he says <laughs> is, I've hit children before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And and then the, the sciency ones like yeah well I've dissected uh, Atlanteans and I know what happens when I shoot your little wing feet stupid and even he, though no Atlanteans have little wing feet except for <laughs> yeah him. exactly uh, but he shoots something that makes it super hot around him and so like he, like he kryptonites them yeah. basically and they shoot a worm over his face <laughs> you ain't gotta hate that kryptonite <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, really Emma's the only one who puts up. A real fight and then she gets fucked up because well there's a great moment one of the kids the sciencey one is like you stupid idiots i blocked your telepathy with the thing in my pinky and she's like oh is that where it is and then just breaks his finger <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she does to do that she then uses her telepathy to talk to scott so she goes out of her diamond form and then she gets hit in the face with the slug so she just enough to let him know we are being attacked but then like is out of range again because that and uh magneto's all like oh you got a gun he also runs over children with a car who magneto throws oh a, oh he throws, throws a, car a car at children yeah for a second I'm, i was thinking because wolverine's one in a car on his way uh so <clears throat> 
Right. I mean, it's unrealistic, obviously, because uh, Wolverine, or not Wolverine, Magneto could have killed all those kids pretty fast. There was a moment, too, where uh, Iceman was all like, you guys got to do better than this, and then, like, all those guys just pull out, like, magma swords, and he's like, oh, better than that. (laughs) (laughs) You did better. You got me. Good job. (laughs) And Magneto's all like, oh, you got a gun? I'm fucking, I'm a magnet. I take, you can't stop me with bullets. And he's like, yeah, this gun doesn't have bullets, stupid. And then he shoots like something that's a bigger magnet, and he's like, "It's a, it's a super magnet, you magnet." <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and he basically paralyzes Magneto, and they shoot a worm over his face. That's where he fucked up, giving the villain speech instead of just getting to work. He's yeah. like, he's walking and talking instead of just attacking. Like, didn't you learn to stop being a villain? Yeah. You're with the X Men now. You don't do uh, villain I like the, the the gun did the the pow. Yeah. Just the pow sound effect had to be. Boom and pow. This gun doesn't shoot bullets, it shoots pows. (laughs) Shoots pows. Normal guns go pew, this goes pow. (laughs) So, now, an interesting thing happens because ID is the only one there all of a sudden. And this actually gets explained in Generation Hope. So, they're just perusing the museum, all this stuff happens, and then they run away and ID falls behind. So that's not why she's there in this moment. And uh, Scott is communicating with her via telepathy, which is weird. Like, how are... Oh, the cuckoos. The cuckoos. The cuckoos. Never mind. Because I was like, Emma got yeah. taken out. But, the, cu- the cuckolds. But because, because she broke the finger of the child, as you do, uh, there's no more blockage. So uh, the, the cuckoos... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the, psychically there's no more psychic blockage okay. so the cuckoos are uh, have them patched in uh, and Wolverine's like ID get out of there and Scott tells her do what you feel you have to do which I feel like is a, a nuanced thing that it gets glossed over especially after the fact with what goes on with Wolverine and the X-Men and all that stuff that Scott never actually forces anyone to do anything he's just like look this is what it is and you do what you feel you need to do. I mean, this is what we've trained you for. This is what I had gone through. But you don't have to do it. What's her age? They said she's it 14. was 14. Okay. She's 14. Yeah. She she is young, but she's also fucked up. So, like, it's a really weird... Like, it's interesting that, like, uh, Jason Aaron chose Idy to be the uh, fulcrum of all this. You know? Like, she's the person swaying all these ideologies yeah (laughs) 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 and uh so like because she's such a fucked up character in her own psyche of like she has no self-value she thinks they're all monsters but also she's this 14 year old girl who's put in a situation that's you know a really fucked up one that becomes worse because she does do like she does save the day yeah like he says, do what you feel you have to. She's been trained to be an X-Man. She's one of the only new mutants to exist since uh, um, House of M. And she, uh, yeah, she she goes in and she kills a bunch of uh, Hellfire goons and saves the X-Men and saves a bunch of people in the process, but becomes a murderer. So it's just really, and, and also Scott was right because he's like, we're not going to get there in time. So it's up to you. 
you can't run and save yourself or do this, but we're not going to make it. So, like, because Wolverine's like, we are going to make it, but they don't. They get there. I after love the, the dialogue between Scott and, uh, and Wolverine of him saying, like, like uh, yeah, they're, like, Emma and the others are all out. There's nothing that they can do. And uh, Logan's like, like, ID, no, don't do it. Uh, and then, like, as he's running through the cars, they're like, get, like, get the hell out of there. Like, I'm coming. They're like, no, it's not going to make it. Yeah. He's like, well, what should I do? He's like, get the hell out. And he's like, do what you got to do. Yeah. She does what she did to do. <laughs> <laughs> does what she did to do. Uh, <laughs> I, I love what the, the little child villain says. I haven't had sex yet, so maybe I'm wrong, but I can't imagine it feeling better than this. Yeah, that's fucking gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, oh, by the way, there was a bomb. So, because she's like, I think there's a bomb. It's like, oh, describe it. You know, like what a bomb looks like. Yeah, with numbers <laughs> they take down, it's in a uh, suitcase. Yeah. It's so, a, there's an unattended backpack. Yeah, so if it wasn't for her, all, all of them would be dead. Yeah, because she gets everyone to safety. Well, not really, except for Colossus and Namor. Oh, you're saying wouldn't be dead. I was going to say, she gets dead. him to safety. Uh, no, he wouldn't. He's in armored form, isn't he? No, yeah. he's got a brain slug on him, and he's passed out on the ground. Yeah, but he's in oh, armored okay. form. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's I thought he was in armored form. He was when oh, he, he got was. hit with the brain slug. Yeah. Okay. So just Namor. Yeah, Namor would probably still be alive. So, anyway, but they, Scott was right. As soon as they get there, it's after the explosion. They would have been there after the bomb. Because they were there after the bomb. Faster jetpack. Yeah. And it's like, dude, how are you going to get there faster than me? I'm in a jetpack. Yeah, yeah. Go back to your bar, guy. Well, the bar was closer than Utopia. Yeah, but jetpack. Yeah, but like... Jetpack. Yeah, you could... All right. What's faster, walking across the street or taking a jetpack halfway around the world? Do you stub your toe? Walking across that street? Because if you do, jetpack. Uh, do you, do you your, stumble a little does bit? Your skin melt off from the you get hit by a car <laughs> that's on the way. I like no, this. No, because uh, jetpack safety suit. No such Standard thing. regulation: <laughs> if you're going to carry a jetpack, you have to have a safety suit. Yeah, All jetpacks are designed to murder you. They burn your ass the entire time. It's like fucking Taco Bell. You wear. That's why you wear the safety suit. That's why it's, it's safety regulation. His unregulated. Because he's got the uh, the molecule suit. What's the unstable molecules in the suit? Exactly. He doesn't need the safety suit for jetpacks. Because he has a safety suit for all occasions. Yeah. Makes the glutes look better than they really do. <laughs> That's why he <laughs> looks so ashes. much stronger. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he looks so much stronger in this issue than he did in issue two. A different suit. And so they start skinny. fight. They start arguing, uh, Wolverine and Scott. And then Wolverine pops his claws, and he's like, oh, you're going to pull your claws out now? And he's like, that wasn't me. And it turns out the bomb, actually a big old magnet. Which doesn't make sense because it popped his claws out but didn't move his body at all. Right. <laughs> it's full of metal in there. Yeah, I think I, cause I think he was just like a uh, convenient excuse. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, did you fart? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was the bomb. It was but that girl did. <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh, the dialogue they had. Scott says, then she also saved 100 lives because Wolverine was saying like, oh, she killed these people. Like, Then she also saved 100 lives. She should have never been in that position. They drew You're right. So you should have been there yourself. Instead, you were off in some bar. Yep. And Facts. that's actually a good point, because if he was at Utopia, he would have been with them yeah. when they went to the museum. 
they, they drew so many great panels of her during that, too. Like, her shooting the fire and ice, and then... Oh, to burn the bullets and stuff that yeah, were flying the, at her? That were just her just dragging bodies out and dropping them with, like, it blacked out and their fire behind her. They did so many great panels there. Yeah, man. I stopped myself from three different Trojan jokes. <laughs> Fired. Because she's 14. <laughs> I remember her age. Just because of it. Like, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do those jokes at all. Uh... But yeah, you see a uh, sentinel face and stuff forming around the explosion. Looks like becomes the thing. sort of like a it does like <laughs> but like like he's going ah! <laughs> exactly like not again or something like it just seems <laughs> <laughs> like the thing he just saw Yancey Street get blown up. Yeah. <laughs> but like also like if you were a a quadrupus, it's what all of the <laughs> This is, this he looks like his four tentacles coming out of his head. It looks like all the sculptures that his uh, his wife does of him. Oh. Oh, <laughs> if the thing was a squid billy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is some dope art, though. It's like you you see it from the bottom, like from the X-Men's perspective, or Cyclops and Wolverine, you're looking up at the Sentinel creating itself. Yeah. And so right away, the X-Men uh, go back to Utopia, or at least... Scott does because he calls Nemesis like first he's like Nemesis uh, we we got a bunch of shit going on the these guys have slugs on their heads we gotta get them off prep the med bay and then he's like wait a minute never mind Nemesis get here now and he's like fucking what do you want am I prepping a med bay or am I going there like because you know Nemesis is caddy yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. the last thing I said <laughs> yeah because I said ignore the first thing uh, and then. So he leaves Nemesis and Wolverine there, and Wolverine's just, like, stabbing at this head that's reforming. <laughs> Which I wonder if Wolverine was like, man, so this is what that's like. <laughs> like, trying to just kill a thing that keeps reviving. Is he stab? I thought he was, like, he couldn't really even get near it. No, he's climbing. Yeah, he's been stabbing that thing for a while, and just, oh, like, yeah. for no reason. He's Maybe I just glanced at it. I thought, like, the, like, the magnetic field of it. You'd like, think he'd be pulled into it. Yeah, he, he should. should be. He'd be, he's just a part of the Sentinel. <laughs> like it backfired, Scott. <laughs> I am the Sentinel. <laughs> Morrison was right all along. <laughs> I love that idea. Like he's just like like a weird growth of a Sentinel. <laughs> like he, like he looks like a what is it called when when a person ends up with like it was supposed to be their sibling. Oh. Um... I know what you're talking but about, it's like, but I forget what it's called. Oh, man. Like, it, but if he's, like, just one of those, and he's just like, ah. <laughs> like, 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 limbs kind of flailing, but he's, like, a part of, like, the Sentinel's clavicle. See, I was picturing him more, like, in the center, like, accidentally, like he's a fucking Gundam. <laughs> like, he's, like he's piloting the thing. Yeah, like he's in, like, Voltron or something. <laughs> but really, he just becomes, like, part of the calf. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I got my own Iron Man suit. <laughs> yeah i think that's awesome dude when he's like can you stop it like bro we can't even slow it down yeah like we're not even putting a little bit of a debt in this thing and so just before this too um where's a magneto when you need one <laughs> with the slug on his face they yeah. didn't say that uh -huh. um but he, he he's talking to id and he tells her to get some rest because he, he asked her you know uh what because it was a really traumatic thing to have gone through and she, like, it's really, she's just so fucked up. Because she's even like, yeah, I'm not sorry I killed them. I just want their screams out of my head. What do you do? 
Like, what do you do in that situation where you're, you're talking to a child and then they say something to you that's so fucked up, but, like, also, like, as if they're not phased by it? Well, and also, like, it's it's weird because there's, like, a whole thing of, like, yeah, she's she's a child. But she's reacting to so much of this as, like, a grizzled war veteran. And at the same time, like, it's the first time. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm fine. I understand, like, yeah, I, I killed him. It was what needed to be done. I just hear the screams. Yeah. This is like, kind of what it it's is. It's like a small child in a horror movie where, like, like, mommy, there's blood on the walls and the bad man said a thing to me. <laughs> but, like, not even kind of scared about it. Like if uh, one of the kids in The Shining was saying it, uh, one of the twins rather, because I just realized like there's the a lot of kids kid in is The Shining. Kid. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, that character is just so fucked up. So it was so smart to use her as the the thing between that that, that, that causes the, this rift. Yeah, the rift. Because if Wolverine is using her. As like his justification for the X Men having lost their way, great target to, to justify his point, but also he's not paying attention to literally all the other students. Yeah. And I, I like, might be wrong about this, but I thought like later in like X Men, uh, not X Men Blue, but the series before that, all new. Yeah, uh, I thought Idy could only transform fire into ice and ice into fire. I didn't know she could shoot fire and ice. Initially, I think she could do both, and they just sort of changed it. Yeah, they they made it more specific. Although you could argue that like there's fire there, right? So she turns that into ice, and the ice that she just turned to ice, she's turning into fire. Yeah, but she's clearly shooting them both. Exactly. Out of her hands. Yeah. So early on, they just let her do both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. So that was a really fucked up moment. She's just like, yeah, I just want to get, I just can't stop the screams in my head. But otherwise, you know, another night. <laughs> and uh, and I also want to bring up, there is a picture of the X-Men, like the first class of X-Men on the walls where they're all smiling. That keeps getting brought up. Like, ID saw it before and she's like, I don't know why they're smiling. Why are monsters happy? You know? Talking about the original X Men, yeah, like, which is like I, you know, true. Xavier, why is he smiling? Why is the monster happy? But <laughs> <laughs> why are they smiling when they're surrounded right, by right children? Right next to he's a goddamn pedophile. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why he's smiling. But why are they smiling when they got exactly. that predator with them? <laughs> exactly. They should all be pretty nervous right now because he's forcing them to. <laughs> he's telepathically <laughs> forcing them to smile. Be happy. Uh, but it does. That picture gets brought up a whole lot, and so. Scott's passing it uh, after he sees uh, Hope's class and stuff, which I guess is like a class unto itself, like Hope and her lights. I mean, it's five, five students, like the O five. No, uh, no, she has five lights. So, oh yeah, Hope and then herself. Oh no, 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 it, it is. There was a fifth one who killed themselves. No, oh, okay. So, there really is only five, including Hope. There's a uh, transonic, ID, Kenji. Oh no, they're Gabriel, Tien, and Gabriel. Yeah, so Tien. there are five. There were supposed to be six, I guess. Okay. Because Kenji brings up in their book that they had just watched one kill themselves. Yeah. Uh, and and so then she would make uh, seven otherwise, but six because they're gone. And Kenji's like the. The secret, like, Judas one, kind of. It brings so much questions up where the X-Men are now. Where, like, did they bring that dude back to life? Like, 
Oh, the one who killed himself? Yeah. I don't know. Did you guys see the Shinobi Shaw stuff? Yeah. Shinobi Shaw? <laughs> Some of it. I got to the point uh, where Sebastian lied about how he died. Yeah. Well, I just thought it was funny that they, like, that's the one uh, thing that they went back and kept from yeah, Rosenberg. Really make sense. Was that he fingered himself to death. Yeah. <laughs> but, back. like, and it, it, it made me laugh so hard when I saw the, the skull with the fingers. Oh, like, yeah, when they show it. the actual yeah. bones. And then even when, like, Shinobi's like, so how'd I die? And then he thinks back to it and he's like, <laughs> like well... Uh... <laughs> Here's the thing. Emma Frost. <laughs> <laughs> that wascally wabbit. She had you killed. Uh... <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, Scott sees the picture and he, like, walks away because, you know, times are tough now. Like, all the hopes we had and we're being brought to uh, extinction again. Like, like, again. Like, they face... Four different potential extinction events within the same year happens often. Yeah, but like real, real like consecutive. And then this like era, it's like every day with them. Well, it's like how technically the way that the Marvel timeline moves, it's supposed to be like every month or so. There's a earth-shattering brand new event that changes the way that Marvel is seen forever. But, like, the X-Men, it's always the same event. Yeah. It's always the same thing. Fuck you, you don't get to live. Uh, anyway, so Wolverine's stabbing at that Sentinel, and Sentinel suddenly, like, talk to the hand. And uh, blasts him away, uh, Days of Future Past style. And he goes way out into the ocean. And then decide to swim to Utopia, because yeah. I guess that was closer. <laughs> oh, then, like, Cyclops is just running around the boat. And like, where the fuck is everybody? That yeah. he sent away, which I thought was funny. <laughs> Well, yeah, because it's like no one's on Utopia yet, and he needs everyone. The ones who are are incapacitated because you know face lugs. Yeah, and uh, as you do, the way the Sentinel works is that it just amasses anything mechanical to it to build itself into something bigger, and it starts walking toward Utopia. And they they bring up that like this is actually just a dumb Sentinel. Like it only has one target. That's Utopia. It doesn't. Even, it's not even targeting mutants. Like it has no brain. It's just one prime directive and then a core that's just rebuilding itself constantly and assimilating everything it can to it making its way to utopia it's like a suitcase sentinel yeah that's what it was it, started oh, literally, a suitcase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. it was in a suitcase earlier um and so at one point too scott gets out uh onto the beach of utopia and just blasts the fuck out of the uh the sentinel great splash page yes yeah Amazing. that page is so awesome but like, because it, it, at first, just glancing at it, it doesn't even look like it's two separate panels. But, like, him just shooting out and then it going in a panel right below it, the beam getting bigger until it hits it. Yeah, he's shooting out for miles, considering. He's sweating his face off. Because at about this point in Generation X, the Sentinel's still 20 minutes away. Like, it, that gets brought up. Because the, uh, the kids in Generation X are having, like, a similar issue of, like, do we run or do we fight? And so it gives you a more in-depth look at what that is outside of the primary schism book. But uh, Scott, he tries to take it on his, by himself, and it, that doesn't work. And he, like, literally exhausts himself. He pushed his optic blast so hard. And then there just happens to be, like, a tugboat. And the Sentinel's like, 
Yeah, good try. And then yeah. just brings, like, puts the boat, like, into itself. It just absorbs a goddamn boat. And, uh, Scott's like, oh, fuck. Uh, and then, uh, Hope shows up and she's like, you're looking for X-Men, you got X-Men. And Scott's like, okay, I can work with this. We can do this. Because I needed X-Men. I was just, I don't know if you heard, but before when I was running around the room, I was like, where are the X-Men? I need them. <laughs> and like, this is perfect. I picture him running around like in back and forth, going around in circles and shit. X-Men, X-Men. <laughs> to me, my X-Men. <laughs> He's like picking up boxes and looking under them. X-Men. And shit. <laughs> and to me. And like, no one's answering the call. He's like, shit. We need a better, like, rally cry. The, the rallying cry literally is, come to me. <laughs> Get over here. It's the same thing as uh, fucking Mortal Kombat. Scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Wolverine, though, just happens to show up out of the water. That was a long swim. I feel like he did it pretty quick. Well, he was uh, thrown. Thrown like, most of the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Not a good uh, swimmer, though. And, and unlike X-Men Origins, he's not dry when he gets out of the water here. Yeah. Uh, and right away, he's like, all right, get all the kids. We got to get out of here. We're running away. So, you know, lied in that prelude book. Yeah. And I feel like uh, Scott quoted Xavier here. He's like, oh, yeah? you see children, I see X-Men. Yeah, that is an Xavier line. Yeah. But, all right, so this is what I want to point out, because this could be considered another tally against Scott that he's so willing to use kids to fight but they did come to him first yeah like yeah. he's not forcing like this this he is a thing i was like, like apprehensive about it when they say it and he's like all right we have to yeah do this and if you take into account all the things all those lessons that get brought up in the prelude books that's what i was saying like in tone it does now seem like it's more right that it, it fits this story even though none of the actions actually are that Scott, his his resolution is that you don't let go of Utopia. This is our home. And he even tells Wolverine, we drew a line in the sand. We have to stop somewhere. Like, because they end up this argument of, like, we run now. We're always running. We're weaker if we run. We're easier targets if we run. Where are we running to? We just saw the whole world is full of Sentinels. We If we can't handle one coming at us at our home, well, then what is there? Uh, and so, the idea, like, you don't let go. That's firm in his mind. Uh, that he's never lost control. That's the, the point Xavier made. And uh, even Wolverine saying, say it out loud. And Scott literally does that with the kids. All right, we can do this. And Wolverine's the one who's saying it out loud. No, we can't. Run away. <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's also like, I'll, 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 I'll stay and fight to the end. Run. I like how uh, Cyclops like, you're scaring them. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fucking giant sentinel coming at him. He's like, Wolverine, you're scaring them. It's like, good, let him be scared. But also, this sentinel's a little more scary. Yeah. But plus, I feel like from Psychos' perspective, I always look at it as he was a kid X-Man. Exactly. Like, fighting yeah, fucking yeah, like Magneto as a teenager. So to him, it's like not so crazy. And, and that literally these robots have been hunting him since he was a kid. Like, these, like, he's not saying to do anything he himself hadn't ever done. And also, Wolverine, you, like, he has all this respect for Xavier. Xavier made child soldiers. Yeah. Like, it's it such was a kind weird... of this one thing. Yeah. It was like that and not standing up. Those were his two things. 
<laughs> Which is funny. Or we'll get to it. I'll bring it back. Uh, but I mean, also too, Xavier does say the biggest regret he ever made was making child soldiers, and now Cyclops has to rely on kids to fight. But they like, and this was uh, pointed out in the Generation Hope book that, uh, or no, I think it was Regenesis that it gets pointed out. But when when they start splitting, but that the X Men that the kids have had it shitty this entire time when they had uh when they when they were at school in Westchester like it got blown up every other week yeah and then they lost literally an entire school bus full of their peers like this shit is following them it's not nothing new yeah it's like it happens at the school too that's where all our friends died and stuff and this is what they've been preparing for and they just did it like like Wolverine wasn't telling Hellion to run away when they were on the bridge fighting the Nimrods. Right. And he lost his arms. I mean, it's... It's such a shitty... Again, I and I think it's the whole... Marvel did it. They just made this decision, and then Jason Aaron had to yeah. figure out, all right, how do I execute this? But it's a shitty thing. Like, it, you, what you do is you make... Uh, Wolverine a hypocrite, and Scott seem like he's trying to have kids fight a war on his behalf. Uh, meanwhile, so Wolverine goes to a safe because he happens to have 2,000 tons of C4 just hanging out in a in a safe. Yeah, that, no, I think it's assumed that it's like buried everywhere already. It has to be. Yeah, considering he just how got, fast oh, he did, the Yeah, that makes sense because I was thinking he set that shit up so fast. Yeah, yeah. so he, like, he at some point decided to just bury a bunch of C4 just rig it, all yeah. around the place. Yeah, he, I mean, that might have been a contingency plan. We didn't we just didn't read that part. Or Wolverine's fucking neurotic, like a psychopath. And <laughs> I always bury C4. <laughs> I always meant to blow up this place. He's like, it's like a dog with bones. What sort of bones? He's like, if I can't have it, no one will. <laughs> this is in case I need to get some children to come with me. <laughs> yeah, and so Quentin drops in on him. He says some stupid shit. And Wolverine's like, yeah, you know what? I remember what you did to me. And then snicked. And it's implied that he hurts him real bad. Um, Wolverine standing with the bob <laughs> I tried to ask nicely so Scott develops a plan with the students who are there and like alright ready to take this thing on and then Wolverine just shows up with the detonator like get off I'm blowing it up <laughs> I'm not giving you a choice I'm blowing up the island and also it's like you just brought the rest of the X-Men who are in the infirmary there and you have other people like on the island like you have way more mutants on the island who are just civilian mutants yeah like what are you talking like you're just gonna blow the whole thing up the the sentinel's right there there is no time to evacuate like no you, you waited a long ass time to be you like i got the self-destruct sequence you have people that can't be moved because they need medical attention yeah and so right away wolverine and cyclops start fighting oh wait first we got to give another tick against cyclops because the uncharacteristic he just brings up gene and disses wolverine oh that did happen right before like they're like going back at each other and then he's like she never loved you yeah, I'm like, yeah, really? Also, the guy always tried to fuck his girlfriend constantly. Sure, but ha- that has nothing to do with any of this. It has something to do with all of it. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It was just, like, needless, and I feel oh, like... just, like, was... a subtext, like, you know, I never said this out loud. Fuck you for trying to fuck her, and she didn't like you. Yeah. You scared her. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, you always frightened her. Yeah. And then Wolverine says, who do, you, who do you think she'd be more frightened of now? But I felt like that was very out of character for Cyclops to just get that petty. Yeah. He's not really. He's never been a petty character like that. I mean, he's been a pity character. Yeah, he's fallen into self self pity. He went to that whole strip club 
for some reason. He's more likely to not say something than to just talk to be petty like that. I want to I want to point out real quick that the Wolverine, like the last page of this book, of Wolverine trying to stab through the optic blast to stab him in the face. That's such a great panel with the Sentinel in the background. Oh yeah, it's pretty dope. I like the uh, he banked his optic blast off the beach. Oh, and it hit him in the dick and the face. <laughs> that was great. That, that's like in his Hall of Fame shots right there. But yeah, and like the whole time Scott's trying to stop him from uh, <laughs> did, pressing the did. button. I love, dude, that he like, he's, he didn't just bank it off the beach. He's like on all fours looking between his own legs. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of thought those, uh, some of those shots were dumb. Because that optic blast is too powerful and yeah. Logan's like pushing through it. I'm like, no. Yeah, it's just, you know, not understanding the... The powers of the characters. Where we talk about it all the time, they fuck up Cyclops' power. Yeah, but they're trying to make it look cool too. Like, yeah, but like we, he straight up headbutts him while he's optic blasting him. But he's more likely when he, when he uh oh in the first of yeah the, of the fifth <laughs> issue yeah, but he's more likely to shoot himself up in the air shooting the ground like that than to bank it yeah. and hit Wolverine. So, so how does he choose when to bank, when not to bank? Yeah, or unless he saw like the because. Because uh, doesn't uh, glass get made from sand? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's... melted sand. So maybe his geometry powers found, like, the one glassy part <laughs> of the sand that he could reflect off of to bank the shot. Or maybe it hits the glass, the friction builds up heat. All right, oh, he turns sand, it into glass? Turns up, <laughs> yeah, turns it into glass and then bounces it off. Yeah, that's what they meant. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that optic glass into a headbutt. He's also They're still fighting the each other. Right? Yeah, I just noticed that when the Sentinels got both of them in the hands, Cyclops jumps out and tackles Wolverine. It's still like he's trying to fight him. Uh, well, I don't know that he tackles Wolverine. Oh, he does. Never mind. He does. Yeah, he straight up tackles him. <laughs> uh, like it could be argued that like maybe he was trying to save Wolverine at that point, but the next uh, panel is Wolverine like on top of Cyclops trying to punch him. But I love I love this whole page because so the Sentinel shows up and it just. Like, it doesn't give a fuck that they're fighting each other. It just goes to kill them both. And it immediately smashes its hand down on Wolverine, and Cyclops jumps out of the way in just enough time. And you see Cyclops just shooting up into the air off panel, and another fist just comes down onto him. But you see that his optic blast blew a hole through the hand, and then he climbs out, and Wolverine finally cuts his way out of the other hand. And yeah, exactly what you said. He jumps at Wolverine and tackles him again. Yeah. Which is crazy that all this is going on, and Wolverine doesn't even accidentally blow up the island. <laughs> And Glob Herman's out here beating the shit out of some Sentinels, too. Oh, after a whole bunch more uh, panels of just Wolverine and Scott fighting yeah, each other. Yeah, the first, out. like, seven pages of this are just Wolverine and uh, Cyclops fighting each other yeah. while the Sentinels trying to kill them. And they suddenly realize, oh, the kids are fighting the Sentinel. Yeah. <laughs> like they do. So then they join in the fight for the Sentinel, and they beat the Sentinel. Yeah, and he breaks the detonator, throws it on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, and then it, it's the rest of it's pretty much just them, yeah, destroying the Sentinel. It's, and then you have like aftermath. So they did save the day. They were right. Yeah. Scott Emma was steps right on to a trust them. Slug. Yeah, because she was like, "Ew, gross." Yeah. Uh, and and then Wolverine. I guess this is supposed to be the moment that he has the idea for the school, but he's walking past the picture of the first class with Xavier and Scott and him and he sees it and he gets mad and walks away and I guess that's supposed to be the inception of the idea to start another school but it's like you just blamed 
Scott. Yeah. For child soldiers. And then you see child soldiers. And Scott is one of them. And you go, that's what I got to do. Yeah. What the guy in the chair did in that picture. And also. We got to get back to that. You don't. You have a record of calling off your training sessions. Right? Like they're just Which you did bring up. It was funny he brought that up. You never show up to teach, man. But yeah, that's what I was going to bring it back to. He was like. I don't like these child soldiers, so I'm going to go back to where the child soldiers originated. Yeah, yeah. and I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Better. I'm less smart and more angry. <laughs> like I didn't have enough shit to do. They still I'm going to become yeah. the headmaster of a school. They still quit choir too. <laughs> like, he's our yeah, thing. I like that. And then in the Regenesis book, it shows that. Like, <laughs> yeah. he shows, so, like, because that's basically the book that's uh, focused on the picking of the sides. And there's this cool kind of... Uh, tribal like, cave tribal caveman fight going on that's paralleling the story like as a metaphor like there's a uh, scott and instead of like you know uh, like you don't see his eyes you just see like a bear hide like is over his eyes because you know caveman scott and he even has like the, uh andre the giant kind of <laughs> like how he had the, the single arm strap yeah and it went yeah uh so he's got that going on, and Wolverine's got like a saber-toothed tiger skull on his hand, like it's a claw, and just like a stick, well, a bone club thing. And then they're fighting, and then you see them like they're pulling characters to their sides. So we're like right away, uh, Wolverine gets Bobby, and then uh, Scott gets uh, Psylocke and stuff. And which oh, it shows Psylocke beat Wolverine, which is a dope little thing. Yeah, and, and Psylocke's fight. like. Uh, the school seems like a step backwards. I'm trying to go forward, and I'm still going to do X-Force stuff with you, but that's in secret, and not in secret. I'm still going to do that stuff here. Like, I'm going to be part of the team that's trying to stop people from killing us, whatever that is. And then it's kind of funny because Scott goes in and is like, hey, so uh, I can tell it didn't go well with Wolverine. <laughs> Uh, so I hope that means you're staying here and I got some ideas. And she's like, I'm not going to be on x for you. Are you coming over later? Or? <laughs> <laughs> you up? <laughs> but yeah, that was funny because she's like, I'll be on x with you. And then immediately she's like, I'm not doing x with you. Yeah. That's like a sex position that she's just not down for with Scott. <laughs> it's like only Wolverine can pull that yeah. off. Something about the height and the hair. <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain it, but that X-Force... But yeah, it was cool because in Regenesis, you see like every time one of them scores somebody on their side, it cuts back to the the cave or whatever, the cave fight. Yeah. Or the caveman fight, and you see like they'll score a hit for every time that they get somebody to their side. He, they did bitch out Scott a lot, though. They made him look like he was begging way too many people. <laughs> yeah. Like even Emma at one point, like he's like begging Emma, like, why? Yeah. Um, oh, because she wants to teach a school, which I understood. And it also seemed like she was kind of fucking with him, to be honest. Yeah. Like, she didn't like being. She even says it. She didn't like being taken for granted. Like, yeah. She you didn't want to be her. secretary. Yeah. Where does Wolverine get the money to fix the school? Though? Uh, Mandrapore. Not... He's got a bunch of money. Uh. Yeah, it's it's Wolverine shit. But he never like, like Wolverine books shit. He never helps, like bankroll anything. No, he's no, never not, said the, oh. for the X Men. It's always Emma and uh, Warren. Yeah, but he he himself bankrolls the Jean Grey. His school. own beer. Yeah, <laughs> his it. own beer. Yeah. But yeah, he basically owns Mandrapore. At least at that time. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, he... There's a whole thing where he's like, uh, Scott, I just want a Blackbird. 
and and to get out of here with the people who want to go with me and even scott's like all right if you want to go go if you want to stay stay and <clears throat> we'll do our own thing separately but and have no hard feelings and everyone else is like ah okay yeah you guys are gonna be so mad at each other yeah uh and it's weird because some of them some of them were like yeah we want to go to the school because we missed those days so it's like a real nostalgic thing right which is like but it's rubble there and even when they get there it's rubble there there, there is nothing which um, it's also kind of crazy that they're they are acting like that like all nostalgia as if they forgot why they went to utopia in the first place yeah and you know nothing's stopping them from having a school there and even scott was like we teach here we have classes like yeah there's combat stuff but also i don't know if you noticed a lot of people have been trying to kill us yeah (laughs) it's a good idea to learn and also you're going to be doing the fighting thing at your place too and that's exactly what they do like it's such a weird like it's not like you go there and then it's just like science fairs and stuff like you read the x the the wolverine in the x-men book and there's fighting i mean it's kind of like new mutants how it's like oh yeah you guys aren't an x team and you're not we don't put you on missions so they just get up the shenanigans and do their own missions and still end up getting into big ass fights and shit. Yeah. And uh, there's a weird thing that happens too with. Uh... Storm? Yeah, with Storm. She. Because she's like, huh, fuck you, Scott. I'm not staying here with all your guys' bullshit. Going with Wolverine with all his bullshit. Because, you know, the, she's still mad about the X Force thing. And he's like, no, look, you gotta stay here because fucking. I got Emma Frost and Magneto and Namor. And like that that's who's staying. And Colossus and, and Magic. And like Colossus is the juggernaut now. Like I need another <laughs> I need a good guy I over here. I need a good guy over here. <laughs> yeah. Like I know what it looks like. <laughs> it's not that, but I know what it looks like. Uh, and they're taking all like he's taking all the nice ones. <laughs> um and then in uh the the uh, last uncanny book, Beast is there, he's helping uh, Bobby Pack to leave. And then they're just fucking up, uh, fucking with each other. Uh, well, they start arguing, Scott and Beast. Calling each other, like, being, hey, fuck you. No, fuck you. Uh, all right, man. You I, just... didn't, I didn't read that uncanny, but it was funny when Beast, uh, in Regenesis, what's that, Abigail Brand really wanted to get banged by Beast. Oh, yeah. She was like, critical like, alert. <laughs> she always wants to get banged by Beast. Yeah. Uh, schism. Yeah, Makes first... two books. There was a cool at the end of uh, of Uncanny. There's a, a cool moment where the same picture that keeps getting referenced from the prelude to the actual schism books. It shows up and Scott's packing it away, and he says to Emma, you know, because she she brings up like how he feels about all this stuff, and he's like, you know, to be honest, I don't feel bad at all because they're all going back to school, and I'm the, I feel like I'm the only one who graduated. And that's the end of Uncanny, as, as we know it there. And they split them into two books. And this has been Schism. Yeah. yeah uh, so, we got the Facebook page, people. Go go like the Facebook page, Mexman Podcast, Facebook. Yeah, and Instagram and Twitter. It's yeah. all at Mexman Podcast. And then the Tee Public, which Yeah, is, we have stuff for sale. Yeah. Go look at the Tee Public, buy our shirts. Yeah, HTTP colon slash slash stuff yeah we were we were just gonna like keep going <laughs> i was waiting i was like looking for assistance there nobody helped out yeah yeah just you know a couple slashes more i think it's just five slashes yeah i think and so 
Uh, than .com. But I would go to T Public, yeah, and just type in Mex Men Podcast. But yeah, you, you want to say it? I know you want to say it. Oh, no, that's you, man. Harry, You're the that, pro. Well, that's for today.